there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. Last week, Linz and Deb were encouraging us about the, the kind of God that we serve, the, the kind of God who is all-knowing, is omniscient, omniscient, all-knowing, all-knowing. This evening, I'm going to speak to you about the God who is omnipotent or omnipotent. In other words, he's all what? He's all-powerful. If something's potent, it's pretty strong. The word omni means all, potent means strong. God is all-powerful. Next week, Maggie's going to be preaching. Anyone excited about that? Woo! And the week after, Matty Waldsmith? Whoa, come on. Next week, Maggie's going to be speaking about the omnipresent God that we serve. In other words, the God who is always with us. doesn't matter who we are or where we are, out there in the cosmos on some spaceship or here on the ground right now, the Lord is with us. He's omnipresent. Good news? I encourage you tonight that the God that we serve is not a God made of wood, not a God made of stone, not a God made of cash, not a God made of metal that we drive around. The God that we serve is the maker of the heavens and the earth. The God that we serve is the one who just by his very words flung the stars into space. Genesis 1, it says, let there be light, and there was light. In John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the what? The word. Just by his words, this God that we serve created all things. Isn't that incredible? Not only is he creative, but he's all loving. Not only is he all loving, but he is completely, completely just. In other words, he is the righteous judge who makes no errors of judgment. That's good news tonight, isn't it? We serve a God who makes no errors of judgment. He is the breaker of chains and the deliverer of justice. That is our God. That is our God. I want to serve a God like that. I want to worship a God like that. I want to be in the presence of a God like that. I want to encourage you tonight, church, because you might have forgotten. Your God is limitless. Nothing can contain him. Nothing can box him in. Do you know, even the most smart of Christians cannot completely, completely define all that the wonder of God is. He's incredible. Nothing can overwhelm God, therefore. That's good news. And therefore, nothing can destroy our God. Our God is a powerful God. Amen? Our God is a powerful God. Amen? Amen. I mean, you don't have to amen if you don't agree. Let's throw a psalm upon the screen. Psalm 89, verse 5 to 8. Thanks, Samuel. The heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness too, in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. Who is like you, Lord God, almighty? Did you see that word? Who is like you, Lord God, almighty? You, Lord, are mighty and your faithfulness surrounds you. Wow, what an amazing psalm that is. What an amazing psalm that is. A little later on, we're going to ask the Almighty God to answer, answer some prayers for people. We're going to pray for miracles tonight. Is that okay? 
Make anyone nervous? Makes me nervous. I'm the one doing the praying. You guys get off lightly. We're going to pray for miracles tonight. We're going to believe that the God of wonder, the God of power, can do something incredible in our lives, no matter what we're facing tonight. Did you notice that the scripture says that he's not called God all average? He's not called God all talk but no action. It doesn't say that he's God somewhat able to do a few things. The scriptures say that he is God what? Come on, I know it's warm. He's God all mighty. He's all mighty. He is mighty to save, mighty to heal, mighty to restore and deliver. Mighty to save the most distant of souls. Did you know that tonight? Where? He is God almighty. The scriptures teach us that he's the God of the impossible. Only the God of the impossible can take what is impossible and make it possible. Jesus was quoted as saying, with man, none of this is possible, but with God, everything is possible. I want to encourage you tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. It's coming up on screen. It says this, that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but a matter of power. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, fanciful speech, persuasive arguments. No, 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 no. The kingdom of God is a matter of power. Why is it a matter of power? The kingdom of God was no human idea. The kingdom of God is not designed by man. The kingdom of God is not the result of clever words. The kingdom of God is powerfully and made powerfully available to us by God alone. Why? The life of Jesus, when he walked on this earth 2,000 years ago, but and now as his power and his spirit is is making us more like him, is present with us, the life of Jesus carried nothing but power with him. And since anyone that becomes a Christian has the spirit of the Son, Jesus, living in them, we get to witness and experience the same power that the first disciples did all those years ago. Is that incredible or what? I want to encourage you tonight that your God and my God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is the God of miracles. The Old Testament, absolutely jam-packed full of miracles. If you've been around church for a while, you'll have read so many stories. There's this one time where there's a whole bunch of people who are fleeing captivity. And as they're on their way to their freedom, my goodness me, there's an army chasing after them. And they're running away and they end up at the Red Sea. Now what are they going to do? The leader of the group, a guy called Moses, stretches out his hands. And he does what God told him to do. He said, God said to him, Moses, stretch out your hands and the waters will part and I will make a dry path for you to walk through. Guess what happened, church? The Old Testament teaches us and encourages us. This ancient story of a man who raised his hands and trusted God and the seas parted and the captives continued towards their freedom. Is that good news? Those same captives find themselves in a wilderness for quite a long time and they're thirsty. And so that same man, Moses, he calls out to the same God, you know, the one that me and you serve. And he says, God, the people are grumbling, we're all thirsty. And he says, Moses, what have you got in your hand? You know, that stick you've got, go over there and lamp that rock. So Moses goes and he strikes the rock and water, fresh spring water, gushes out of it and the whole nation in the wilderness drink of the water. The Old Testament is littered with miracles because our God is a miracle working God. The New Testament, littered with miracles, impossible situations made possible by the power of God. Miracles, signs and wonders flow from the life of Jesus. Do we agree with that this evening? Miracles, signs, and wonders flow 
from the life of Jesus. His conception, pretty miraculous. Hello? His life, his deeds, his actions. Walking up to blind people and opening their eyes. The deaf having their ears opened. The dead being raised to life. Miracles follow the life of Jesus around. What he achieved in his death was miraculous. We had no chance of getting to heaven. We had no chance whatsoever until the miraculous sacrifice of Jesus made a way for the forgiveness of your sin and my sin. It was miraculous. His resurrection, hello, miraculous. The raising from the dead, wow. He really is the Messiah. Gosh, over 400 witnesses saw him alive after he'd been crucified, after he was resurrected. They saw him. It's amazing. His resurrection, totally miraculous. His instructions to his disciples and his followers to this day are no less miraculous. Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, teach them everything I've commanded you. Do you know what one of the things he commanded them was? Pray for the sick and you'll see them miraculously healed. Wow. Pray for the devil afflicted and they will be delivered. Wow. We serve a miraculous God. What have you walked into church with tonight that is completely and utterly impossible Unless God does something miraculous. Do we believe in this God? The last 2,000 years of Christianity is absolutely rampacked full of miraculous stories displaying the power of God. I want to encourage you that the young life of this, this seven and a three quarter year old church is punctuated by miracles. If you're a guest coming to church uh, for the first time tonight, I'd just really love to encourage you. We've seen miracles as part of this church family. It's incredible. Some of you will remember the day that we had the keys to Hope House, or what was to become Hope House. Anyone involved in operation renovation? We get the keys to Hope House, and we open the, the door to Hope House. Just the second time we'd, had the key, uh, we'd been there. A whole bunch of us are turning up to do a whole bunch of renovation work, painting and, and decorating and stripping walls and all sorts of things. And we get in, and there'd been a break-in. Now, this building hadn't been uh, robbed or broken into for the four years. It had been empty previously. We opened the doors that morning. We're faced with a giant swastika on the door right in front of us. And then we went into the next room, and we saw filth written in different languages, downgrading people of faith, in, in, uh, uh, in specifically Jewish people. We walked in and we saw the most hardcore, um, far-right Nazi propaganda graffitied on every single floor of the building that we had just taken the keys off to serve our community. A whole bunch of us were there, a little bit nervous about it. The whole site was a bit freaky. The police came down. They thought it was just a little old church had a little bit of naughty graffiti on a wall to come and report. And they came and they saw some of the nastiest uh, far-right stuff they'd ever seen. And then we prayed. Was anyone there? And then we prayed. What the enemy of our souls, the Bible calls him Satan, tried to do is to scare off a bunch of people who were passionate about their community. He didn't want a whole bunch of people coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. 
He didn't want anyone being served, anyone being released from debt, from the debt service. He didn't want anyone being loved or befriended on Mondays and Tuesdays. So we, blooming well, prayed the house down. I reckon there were maybe 12 or 15 of us, and it was maybe the most powerful prayer meeting we'd ever been in. You know the story. In the years that that place has been open, literally hundreds of people have found connection and encouragement Some have even come to faith in Jesus. Anyone in the place tonight? Some have come to faith in Jesus because of that place. I want to say tonight that that was a miraculous turnaround. Because when you're faced with that kind of opposition, it'd be easy to run. But when you know God's on your side, you run headlong into it and go, come on, Lord. We know that you're miraculous. And so he did something miraculous. Another story a few years ago. Our church family, a little boy called Warren was born. He was a day old, and I get a phone call from his mum, Sam, and his dad, Jay. And uh, Warren was born with a hole in his lung. And the doctors are really, really concerned about him, and they think they're going to have to operate on him. And they said, Pete, will you come and pray for Warren? I'm sorry if I've bored you by telling this story before. It still blows my mind. And so I, I go all prayed up, and I've got all my scriptures all written out, ready to pray over him, because... You know, the scriptures are powerful. They're not magic words. They're not spells, but they are the words of God. And when the word of God is spoken, powerful stuff happens. Amen. And so I, I held this little, well, no, Sam held the, uh, Warren. And I just placed my hand on his head and I prayed for him. And I didn't notice this, but Sam told me that as I prayed for him, she watched him take an enormous gulp of air. And he'd not done it before. It was a nice time. It was a nice moment. Later that day, he had a test and there was no hole in his lung. Warren's a really healthy young boy today. He was in kids' church just a couple of weeks ago. Amazing. I could go on and on and on about all the miracles that that I have literally seen with my own eyes over the many years now that I've known Jesus. And I want to encourage you tonight that God is a God of miracles. And they come in all shapes and sizes. And I cannot explain to you why not everybody receives the kind of miracle they think they should receive. I don't understand it. Uh, It's a story for another time, but I have prayed for people with cancer and I have seen the cancer leave them and they've had a medical report to say so. There's nothing special about me. There's everything special about obedience to doing what Jesus said we could do. And so, but then my own mother passed away with cancer. So I, I I don't completely get it. But what I do get is the Bible says that miracles are for today and so we're going to have a go at them regardless. Or is that all right with everyone? Come on now. Come on. At this point, I'd like to invite uh, one of our most loved people in this church, Maggie Levens-Harris. Here she comes. And um, Maggie is going to share a story with you that is really quite recent and very, very powerful, very personal. Never shared this publicly, have you? Whoa. So, here's the premiere. (laughs) Okay, Uh, I've got a very gruff voice. Don't feel sorry for me. It's totally self-inflicted. I was at an ABBA tribute night last night. Okay, so don't feel bad. All right. Can I stand up here? Because I can then see people. That's better. Right, okay. So, um, I did share this in life group, so some of you might have an inkling. However, what 90% of you in this building don't know about me Um, is that from my, I don't even know when it started, to be honest. I don't know how, why, or when, but it was probably my mid-teens, I think. Um, From that point in my life, I have suffered, and I use that word deliberately, from a condition that hasn't even got a name, (laughs) Um, and it's a type of claustrophobia. So claustrophobia, you think, oh, small spaces, you can't go into small spaces. That's not necessarily it, because I can go in lifts, and it's not a problem. 
What the issue for me is, it can be small spaces, most definitely, but it can be very large spaces. The issue for me is not being able to get out. That's the difference. Um, so, uh, and it is totally debilitating. Now, you won't know about it because I live my life in such a way to manage it. As many of us do, we, we have things in our lives, don't we? And we kind of work out what we can do and can't do in life. You would never see me down in the caves at the Black Country Museum. You'd never see me in lots of different places because I manage that. And, you know, there are certain things I just have never done in my life because I can't. And it is totally debilitating. When I was 21, I was training to be a probation officer. And I went down into the cells uh, to interview my first person down in the cells. He was in there for GBH. Walked into the cell. I should never forget that day. Um, walked into the cell and they locked the door behind me. At that point, my head, my mind was totally free, but my legs just suddenly, just totally went to jelly. My, my whole body started to shake. I couldn't breathe and I just slid down the wall and collapsed. And uh, <laughs> this poor guy, you know, big tattooed and all the rest of it. Very sorry about the stereotype, but it's true that day. Um, he just banged on the door and got me out. Uh, obviously, they came, they got me out, gave me water, all the rest of it. And um, they, they put me on a systematic desensitization program, uh, which didn't work. Um, so over, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a lot older than 21 now. And over the years, hundreds of examples I could give you. I'm going to give you three examples, that's all. So that was the one in the cell. The next one is, um, see, because I avoided lots of things, but then lots of things would happen that I wouldn't even think would be a trigger for me. So the one day I went for a hearing test, normal thing to go for, sat down with the woman. She was asking me lots of questions about my hearing. And then she said, right, we're going to just sit here. I'm going to do a little test for you. And she showed me um, like just a chair in the corner and as I walked across the room to look to go, go and sit in the chair, I noticed that there was a door on this chair and it was a very small space. And as I was walking across the room, my legs just went without any warning. My whole body started to shake, I couldn't breathe, collapsed in the middle of the room. So sometimes it is a totally um, self, I don't think it in my head, it just happens to me, collapsed in the middle of the room. Uh, another situation, um, we go to a really lovely place in Derbyshire for a walk and we were taking the dog we had for this lovely walk and there was this big massive tunnel um, in front of us. It wasn't small, it was big, but it was dark and um, Stephen and I and the dog, we start walking into this tunnel. I get into a, probably about 10 steps, 15 steps into this tunnel and again, legs go. And constantly through my life at different times, this would happen to me. The bizarre thing is that it's not just when I am in a situation. It is when I see those situations. Do you remember ages ago? This is the only one I can remember because it was quite big. Well, I can remember lots of examples, but the one I'm going to share with you. Do you remember when the miners got stuck underneath the ground and they were getting them out and everyone was going, hallelujah, they've had a praise party down in the, in the tunnel and God's... Re I know the rest of it. For me, that was horrific because I hadn't anticipated seeing it on the news and so, of course, I saw it again. Legs go, all the rest of it. Um, so I can just see a situation, but I don't have to be a part of it, and it still makes my body go. And then the most bizarre thing is I only have to hear about it. So I have to be in the situation 
or I see the situation, or I hear about it. So if somebody is talking about, oh, I, I had an MRI the other day, and, and I'm like, no, and I just go, I just go. What I normally do in that situation is I get up and just say, oh, just go into the loo, you know, whatever. So I manage the situation, but I can't even hear people talk about those kinds of things without my body reacting. So, so it's quite major. It has impacted my life a lot. So coming right up to date, I've lived with this for years, over 40 years, um, and I have obviously prayed about it, but it's still a part of me. I went to a church called Champions Church. Many of you will know it. It's in Netherton. It is a very large church, but it's very much like a theatre. It's very big, it's domed, and it's very dark. Uh, it's got no windows. And the way that you enter Champions Church is, you know, like um, footballers, they like go through a tunnel, don't they? It's not a real tunnel, but they go up like a... I don't know what you call it, like a slope to get into their football ground, don't you? Well, um, Champions Church has got two of these like tunnels that you go up. Me and Em, where is she? There she is. Me and Em, we went to a women's conference, you know, thought, yeah, great, this is going to be wonderful. Got there, um, walked up the tunnel, I was fine. Got in the place, I thought, wow, no, we're okay, my body's fine. And I mean, literally, that is how I've lived my life. Am I going to react to this? No, we're okay. Um, so I sat in Champions Church. We did sit on the end of a row because <laughs> I do manage things a little bit. And um, the woman was speaking, and, and oh, it's really bad that I can't remember this, but she was speaking about something that really made an impact on me at the time. <laughs> and, um, and I said to the Lord, I said, oh, thank you, Lord. I really needed that right now. And um, the woman said at the front, she said, if that has impacted you, I really feel in my spirit that you need to come out to the front. I thought, oh, okay then. So I went out to the front, and I stood at the front of Champions Church. Now, this is a very different type of church. If you imagine, I'm stood at the front of the church here, and the, the stage is this high, right? So I'm stood in front of a great big, like, wooden thing, and the stage is very high. Behind me, there are banked seats, right? A bit like a theatre. And everything is fine because there's like me and two other people at the front. This woman then starts going on and on. Come down if the Lord has spoken to you. Come down. If... And I don't know how long she went on. But anyway, loads of people came down. So I'm now stood in the middle of Champions Church with this thing in front of me. I can't get forward. There's these banked seats at the back of me and I am crowded on every side by people. Now, this is supposed to be a very spiritual moment, but for me, it wasn't. As you imagine, I'm stood there thinking, and I can tell you what I was thinking. At that moment, I was thinking, Maggie, this is mind over matter. You are fine. Nothing is going to happen to you. You are fine. And I am trying to talk to myself. I have had CBT. I've had cognitive behavioral therapy. I have had systematic desensitization. I have done all sorts of things to try and get through this. And my legs, I can feel them. Do you know? And it, it's just like, this is ridiculous. I am not proud of what I'm going to tell you next, right? So I needed to get out of there. The only way I could do it was get my elbow and literally elbow everybody in the back to get out of that place. I sought forgiveness afterwards. I don't know who the people were. They may have had healing. I don't know. Uh, for their backs. But anyway, I got out. I, well, I say I ran. I kind of hobbled down the tunnel. I could feel my legs going. 
I got to the, unfortunately, some woman ran after me. I found out she was a nurse. I didn't realize that at the time. Another man ran towards me and sat me down uh, as I was falling down. And they just got me. But that was a really particularly bad. And what happens is afterwards, it's like my whole body inside is churned up and I can't do anything for a while, for a couple of hours. And that day was particularly bad. Um, I was stuck somewhere and they were trying to calm me down. M couldn't find me. Um, when we eventually kind of caught up, it was so bad. I said, Em, I'm really sorry. I, I just can't carry on with the conference. My head's not in it. I just can't do it. So I think we had some food, because you can always have food, can't you? We had food, and then we left the conference. I got home that night, and I said to the Lord, I said, I'm really fed up with this. I've had enough. I am so fed up with this, Lord. Can you just do something? Um, and I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to Pete, and I'm going to see whether he knows anybody with the gift of deliverance. Because I just need delivering from this. This is just ridiculous. That was Saturday. On the Tuesday, for those of you who don't know me, I work at the community hub up the road uh, at Hope House. And we had a team meeting. And it was a, uh, a Tuesday. There was Jem Wade, Emma, Sarah, Sarah Owen, Pete, and me. We sat around just as we start the meeting, you know, just chit-chatting. And Pete says, oh, I had an MRI the other day and starts telling his MRI story. Now, given what's just happened to me on the Saturday, and normally I would have got up and I'd have just gone out, and I said to him, Pete, I'm sorry, I am so sorry, but can we just not go there today? And I could feel that I was already starting to shake. I said, Pete, can we just not go there today? So I told everybody in the room what had happened on the previous Saturday. And I said, Pete, I said, if you know someone with a gift of deliverance, I just need somebody to pray for me because I've just had enough. I can't do this anymore. Now, you, most of you know Pete, right? I'm sat here. He's sat there. He sidles up to me. Maggie, he puts his hand on my shoulder. We don't need anybody with the gift of deliverance, do we? God's God. And he puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, we'll pray. So I must admit, I haven't told Pete this ever. But in my heart, I'm thinking, don't know whether I'm prepared for this. This might get ugly. For those of you that have been in church a while, I'm not sure I'm ready for this. But he sits there. He puts his hand on my shoulder. And, honestly, and you also know how Pete prays, most of you. Pete prayed the simplest prayer I have ever heard him pray in his entire life. He literally puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, Lord, we just pray for Maggie that you'd free her from this that keeps holding her back. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Do you know, I'm sitting there, and I've not told this Pete ever before as well, but I'm sitting there thinking, I feel really short-changed right now. <laughs> Do you know? This is a big deal to me. This has impacted my life for years. You did what? Just? So, and then it's, right, what's the agenda? You know, I'm like, come on, this is a big deal. Anyway. So he prays, and that's it, and we carry on with the meeting. And I'm thinking, all oh, right, okay. Following day is Wednesday. Wednesday is Alpha Day. I go to Alpha, and you chat around, don't you, at the beginning of Alpha. And um, I'd said, I said to Pete at Alpha, as they were all chilling and chatting, you know, and we're on, I said, Pete, why don't you tell your MRI story? Because I had to test it out, and there's no way that I can do it. So he looks at me and goes, really? I said, yeah. So he tells his MRI. Now, I am sat there waiting waiting for my body and uh he said yeah I said yeah please do 
So he told his MRI story. Yeah, lots of detail. Nothing. Ah, my, my body was just... So I'm sitting there going, oh, wow, this, this is good. This is really good. I instantly left Alpha at the end, and I went around to see Emma. I should never forget. I bet nobody else has ever knocked on somebody's door, and when they come to the door, had the words, tell me your MRI story. Because Emma's MRI story is horrific, but I'd never heard it because I couldn't. So I said to Em, Em, just tell me your MRI story. So she then tells me in graphic detail, and had much pleasure in telling me her MRI story. And I'm literally, I am standing there waiting. Nothing. My body didn't react. I'm like, fantastic. This is good. I can do auditory. Wonderful. <clears throat> that was the Wednesday. On the Friday, Stephen and I were going away for the weekend. And that night, just as we were going to bed, Stevie said, oh, we can do that walk tomorrow where the tunnel is. I had not grasped that that weekend we would be going back to exactly the same place. Have I told you the tunnel bit? Yeah, I did, in the story. Um, <clears throat> Uh, going back to exactly the same place. This was a biggie. This was a biggie for me. So uh, we, we did the walk. We got to the tunnel, and Stephen's, um, you know, kind of about to walk the other way. And I said, Let, let's have a go. Let, let's, let's try it. You never know. I hadn't told Stephen anything from Tuesday onwards. He knew about the really bad Saturday situation at Champions Church, but I hadn't told him about the Tuesday, the prayer, the Wednesday with Emma and Alpha. I hadn't told him any of that. So on the Saturday, I said, come on, let, let's try it. So we start walking into this tunnel. Have we got the picture? No. Uh, I, thought, I thought I'd sent the picture. Never mind. Um, I start walking into this tunnel, and I get to where I got before. My body, nothing happened. And I walked to the end, the total end of that tunnel, and uh, I gave the biggest hallelujah <laughs> that I could. And... Um, I mean, I, I, I just can't, I just can't explain how I got to the end of that tunnel, shouted hallelujah, and then obviously told Stephen the rest of the story. We had a bit of a praise party. The joy of that was that it was my birthday as well. So it just felt so special. And then I turned around and I took a photograph of the tunnel, which I thought I'd sent, which you could have all seen, but never mind. Um, and so for me, I, it was a total freedom of something that had held me that had meant that my, my whole life had been worked in certain ways. Um, and it, there was just, um, just such, there was a relief, but there was just such a sense of gratitude in my heart because I know that it was purely as a response to the power of God freeing me from something that had held me for years and years and years and years. And since then, um, obviously, I've been able to do so many things. But it, I put here, it was the simplest prayer offered, but it was to, to a God who is incredibly able. It doesn't really matter about the quality of the prayer. It matters about who we're praying to and how powerful he is and what he can do. So I just pray that that encourages you. Amazing. Sam and Joe, would you just come and play uh, through that last song for us, would you? Would anyone like to pray? Should we pray? Just very simply, if you've come in tonight and your heart's broken about something, let's pray to the God Almighty of Heaven itself and believe that he's going to touch our lives tonight. Is that okay? If... Uh,
I don't know, if you've suffered loss. We can believe tonight that the miraculous comfort of Almighty God can enter in tonight. If you've suffered or if you're suffering pain physically, or if you describe it as emotional or mental distress as well, let's just pray a really simple prayer and ask Almighty God of Heaven to just touch your life. If right now you're suffering crippling disappointment, we can throw ourselves into the hope that God can bring miraculous relief to us. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I'm just going to invite you to ask God to show you his power. And I want to encourage you to do something really, really brave. Really brave. We're in a church full of pews and they're awkward to get to people. And so if you want prayer tonight, I'm going to ask Maggie and John, Matt and Linz as well, to just be available to, to pray for the miraculous to happen. And you might feel like your eyes are welling up and you just burst into tears and you, you don't know why. It's all right. Just go for it. <laughs> Some of you might feel that you just want to drop to your knees in worship and just lift your hands high and just love God in the place tonight. Psalm 121, coming on the screen, it says, I lift my eyes to the hills. This is a guy in a deep valley. So he's looking up. And if you're in some kind of valley tonight, look up. Look up to your God tonight. He says this, he says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Ah, oh, my help, it comes from the Lord. Who made the heavens and the earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I want to encourage you tonight that if there's one miracle that can certainly happen in this place tonight, it's the miracle called salvation. The miracle called salvation. It was impossible for any one of us ever to know the grace of God without the miracle of Jesus. And the miracle of Jesus, the, the unexpected splendor of Almighty God, clothed in flesh, showing us a new way to live and His death on the cross paid for all the sin of all mankind for all time. And whenever any human soul says, I opt into believing in you, Jesus, thanking you for your sacrifice on the cross and asking Him to be Lord of your life, you receive the greatest miracle of all time. Of all time. 
if you'd like to become a Christian tonight, if you want to know the power of God in your life, why don't you repeat these words after me in your heart? Dear Jesus, I am hearing some incredible things tonight. And I hear that you love me, despite my flaws and my failures, and despite my successes and everything I'm good at too. You, you love me for who I am. I acknowledge tonight that my faith, my faith has been sparked tonight. My faith has come alive tonight and I choose, I choose, Lord, to ask your forgiveness of my sin. I ask that you would make me a new creation. Wash away my past, Lord. Set me up on a road that is one, chasing after you and discovering your promises and your goodness. Jesus, I, I don't just want you, I need your power in my life. I choose to follow you today. Amen. Amen. While every head's bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time tonight, would you just raise your hand? Let me know that you've just invited that miracle tonight. Wow. Bless you. Thank you, Jesus. There's a lady who's ill. There's a massive crowd around Jesus and she's desperate to get to him. And she just says this, do you know what? If, if, if I can just press through the crowd and touch the hem of his robe, I will be healed. So she pushes through and she was healed. There's a guy with a, a, a horrific disease. And he says to Jesus, if you are willing, I know you can make me clean. And sure enough, Jesus was willing. He made him clean. Healed him right there and then. And there's another time where Jesus is walking out on the Sea of Galilee. And he's, he's yeah, that's right. He's walking on the Sea of Galilee. And, and uh, one of his best mates in the world, this guy called Peter, looks up and he thinks it's Jesus, but he's not sure. And he says, Lord, if it is you, call me out to walk on the water. And he says, it's me, Pete. Come on then. Pete walks on water. Whatever you've come in with tonight, whatever you need, the Lord is here and present. So come on, let's stand together. If you want to worship, worship. But if you want prayer, be brave. Come to the front and let us pray with you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless.